0: Chapter Thirty One of Rational Theology, as Taught by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, by John Andreas Widsow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter Thirty One Man and Nature. There is but one Nature. All things, visible or invisible, belong to the one Universe. The Intelligence of Nature each and all of the numerous forces in the universe may be subjected to the will of man in the universe are untold numbers of intelligent beings whose main business is to discover the ways of nature and by an intelligent control of nature to acquire greater power of advancing development the holy spirit fills all things and by its means the thoughts and minds of these increasing intelligent beings are everywhere felt INTELLIGENCE PERMEATES THE UNIVERSE The question is often asked. Does nature as we know it, the rocks and trees and beasts, possess intelligence of an order akin to that of man? Who knows? That intelligence is everywhere present is beyond question. By the intelligent God, nature is directed. The forming of a crystal or the conception of a living animal is, somehow, connected with an intelligent purpose and will this fruitful field of conjecture should be touched with care for so little definite knowledge concerning it is in man's possession a living earth it seems to be well established that the earth as a whole is a living organism it had a beginning it will die or be changed and after its purification it will be brought into greater glory as a resurrected organism even the symbolism of baptism was performed for the earth when the waters descended in the great flood all this can simply mean that the earth as well as all on it are subject to the fundamental plan involving the atonement of jesus christ the earth as an organism does its work perfectly well it is without sin the earth abides the law of a celestial kingdom for it fills the measure of its creation, and transgresses not the law. Wherefore it shall be sanctified, yea, notwithstanding it shall die, it shall be quickened again, and shall abide the power by which it is quickened, and the righteous shall inherit it. If the earth is a living organism, it seems more than likely that all things on earth possess a measure of life and intelligence. The lower animals. The lower animals were created by the power of God all things created by him have first been created spiritually then temporally after which they pass again into the spiritual life animals were created spiritually before they were given material existence if the meaning of this doctrine is that animals lived before this they certainly may live hereafter that which is essential in animals is probably indestructible our knowledge of this subject is extremely limited and whatever is said about it is conjectural and subject to revision. All for the use of man. Nevertheless, rocks and trees and beasts are for the use of man, to be used by him in moderation and with wisdom. Man is at the head of the creations on earth. It is his duty to make proper use of them all. Whoever teaches that any part of the universe is not for the benefit of man is in error." MAN'S CONQUEST OF NATURE. It is the simplest of present-day doctrines that the vastness of nature makes it impossible for man to comprehend more than the minutest part of it. Yet, in the true philosophy of life, nothing is more certain than that the greatest mystery of nature may at some time be understood. The great purpose of man's existence is a complete understanding of all the mysteries of nature. True, the understanding that will give him full mastery over nature will come little by little. In the end, men shall know all that he desires. Even in that happy day he shall not be able to change one law of nature. Only by intelligent control may he apply nature's laws to desired ends. With this certainty, man may go onward hopefully. Nature is inexhaustible, and man shall not in all the endless ages explore it completely he shall only in the eternal days become more conscious of its infinite majesty thereby comes the everlasting joy of man great hopes of conquest enables man to meet his daily tasks with lifted head and fearless courage man knows that all his search shall be successful if he only search with might and main and have patience to wait miracles man is of limited power whatever he cannot understand or duplicate may be called miraculous and only in that sense can miracles be allowed the miracles of the saviour were done only by superior knowledge nothing is unnatural all that has been done man may do as he increases in power the conception of intelligence guiding the destinies of men makes it possible that, in our behalf, wonderful things are often done, that transcend our understanding, but which are yet in full and complete harmony with the laws of nature. For ourselves we must discover all of nature's we can. In times of need, when our knowledge does not suffice, the Master may give us his help. Thus, after man has used his full knowledge and failed, the sick may be healed, the sorrowing, comforted, or wealth or poverty, may come, provided we draw heavily enough upon the unseen forces about us. Help so obtained is not unnatural. A miracle is simply that which we cannot understand, at which we marvel. Harmony of Man and Nature Vast unnumbered forces lie about us, The possible power of man as he grows in knowledge is quite beyond our understanding. All that is required of man is that he place himself in harmony with the interacting forces operating in all directions. If the forces are not fully understood, he must search them out as best he can, must place himself so that they are with him rather than against him. To enjoy nature is our privilege and duty. No life finds joy above its harmonious association with the things that lie about it in nature. All this is merely in accord with the fundamental doctrines already laid down. The Church, possessing the truth, always fosters, encourages, and respects all honest investigation of nature. End of chapter thirty one.